the stage has been set. The Suns have a date with the Los Angeles Lakers that begins effective Sunday at 12.30 Arizona time. Matthew, would you have it any other way? <laughs> My bike. <laughs> yeah, look at that. Matthew, Matthew's like got Madonna. no sleeves on. I feel like Madonna right and now. And looks dude. like Britney Spears because he's got a new mic yeah. headset. How cool like, are you? Like a virgin. Hey! Yeah. What was your question? I'm sorry, dude. When I oh, I don't know. I, I don't. I actually don't remember. I just. I'm very. Oh, see, Jamsters, okay. when you donate via the super chat, this is the kind of things that happen. Matthew can buy headsets and looks like Britney Spears. Yeah, exactly, man. These cost two hundred bucks. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, as I was saying, you wouldn't have it any other way facing the Lakers, right? No, let's do it, man. I'm pumped. You know, I was a little depressed going to bed that night, but I mean, for different reasons. But honestly, I am so pumped to play the Lakers, dude. I think it's going to be a great series, great competition for the Suns, obviously. Whatever the Lakers are right now, who knows? We're going to play against the two of the top three players in the NBA on my love, on, on my scale. But uh, whatever they can do, man, in this series, I feel like it's going to be a punishment for the Suns, but they could still come out on top. Yeah, so right after we found out the fate of the Suns, I actually went on with the Suns solar panel, guys. And that was tough because it's like I, I, I have to absorb what's going to happen. And here I am a couple days later, and I got to say, I'm still in absorbing mode. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. I truly don't know what's going to happen. But that's why we're having this podcast. This is our playoff primer. Everybody's doing one. It's our turn. You know, it's, it's actually kind of weird not going live after a game and just doing a couple normal podcasts like we used to. Yeah. Uh, but it's super fun. So uh, we're actually going to bring in one of our good friends, uh, Suns Geek is joining us. Brandon, how are you doing? I'm fantastic, man. Thank you guys so much for having me. Uh, once again, you guys, make sure to Hulk smash the like button. Subscribe to the Suns Jam Session podcast. Donate with Super Chat because I know that when you guys do that for me, it helps out. It's going to help them out. And Matt, those headphones are awesome, man. Represent, brother. Sounds good, man. Sounds good. <laughs> I'm rocking the ghetto like, ones over here, so no, you know. <laughs> no, these are these are only like thirty bucks. They're like Walmart brand. It's, it's all good. <laughs> well, it makes worried. sense though. That's because... why I was so nervous to actually use it because I'm like, hopefully, it has good quality. Well, well you look like you're in the broadcast orders. studio during a game. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, it does. Okay. <laughs> We'll find out because if halfway during the podcast, if like the mic just falls off, we'll know that they were truly Walmart brand. So, uh, you know, plenty to discuss on this podcast. We're actually broadcasting this right at the tail end of the Memphis Grizzlies and Golden State Warriors game. So, you know, what's going to happen is we're going to really start to talk about the Suns-Lakers matchup, obviously. That's what's on everybody's mind. Uh, the Jamsters who are joining us in the chat, we're going to bring up what your predictions are. We're going to talk about the intricacies of this matchup, what we're looking for, the pro the positive, the negatives, the I don't knows. Uh, and then at the back end of the podcast, we'll go ahead and we'll talk a little bit about the rest of the playoffs. And if, if there's any matchups that are intriguing to us, and uh, are going to be something that we will be engaged with from a viewership level. So uh, without further ado, I'll, I'll hit the housekeeping notes. As, as Brandon so eloquently put earlier, please like and subscribe if you're watching alongside uh, or watching along on the Suns Jam Session YouTube channel. And make sure you head over to Suns Geek's channel as well. Give him a subscribe. Give him a thumbs up as well. Uh, it's funny because 
you know, all year long, all of us different sons podcasters have been having each other on each other's show. And it's like, now it's fine. <laughs> it's finally time to sit and talk playoffs and we actually have a little yeah. time to do so. So it's fantastic. And again, Brandon, thank you for joining us. If you are uh, listening on the bright side of the sun podcast network, please subscribe, rate and review and head to Apple podcast. Give us a five-star review and we'll actually read your review right here on the show you can follow me on twitter at at darth voida you can follow the show at sun's jam you can follow matthew on twitter at matthew lissy and you can follow brandon on twitter at sun's geek fantastic so on that note it's time to pop open a beer if y'all gents got one man i'm going crazy i got a sprite tonight (laughs) hey hey, hold on hold before you crack that who's the official spokesperson of sprite I have no idea. LeBron James. LeBron James. <laughs> Throw that shit out the window. All right. I'm going to pop this bad boy great, open. Great way to start. <laughs> Salting our guests. Right. You son of a bitch. You get out of here. Go Suns. And let's talk about the playoffs, baby. When the Los Angeles Lakers defeated the Golden State Warriors on Wednesday night by a score of 103 to 102, that was it. Suns Lakers destiny for the 13th time. The Phoenix Suns will play the Los Angeles Lakers in the postseason. It is the most matchups ever between two Western Conference teams, and only the Celtics versus Sixers and the Celtics versus Knicks have occurred more in playoff history. Uh, what do you guys think about that statistic that I dug up? As an NBA historian, that's actually awesome. Uh, that just goes to show how successful I think the Phoenix Suns have been. Obviously, the Lakers are a storied franchise. I think you mentioned the Sixers and the Knicks. That's also two storied franchises that have been around forever. Great stat. I might use that in a future video, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it also shows why we hate the Lakers so much, right? All this the Bingo. competition through these decades of just, you know, a lot of ass whoopings by the Lakers. And then, you know, the Suns had their own too at some time where they can beat the Lakers when they had the chance. But recently it's always been the Lakers, right? It's always been the Lakers just dominating everything because LeBron, because AD are now healthy. It's Lakers territory here in phoenix who knows how the game will turn out if there's gonna be a lot of lakers fans there but there's gonna be high amounts of energy from both fans and both teams just going into this game and actually getting there who knows what the hell's gonna happen because with two guys that were injured pretty much all year coming in this year or into the postseason it's gonna be a hell of a matchup something like we've never seen before through the Mm -hmm. third these teams have matched up to where it's a seven versus two seed and you're talking about anthony davis and lebron james only playing like three games together this season and then they have to play the suns and still everyone's picking the lakers so nothing really new here the lakers are going to be the favorite but i mean that's that's that was a given right as soon as lebron james hit that three it's like yep lakers are favorite to win this series yeah it's interesting because it is the first time in nba history in which a seven seed is favored over a two seed to start a series. It is, you know, one thing that will be coming out tomorrow on brightsideofthesun.com is my 5,000 word dissertation about the history between these two franchises relative to the playoffs. Uh, their first matchup was in 1970, 51 years ago. Led Zeppelin 3 hadn't been released yet. The world knew not Stairway to Heaven. 
And that's the first time that these time these teams matched up. Uh, Suns lost to the Lakers. In fact, the Suns lost to the Lakers for their first six matchups against the Lakers. They w- this wasn't a rivalry for years and years and years. We didn't beat the Lakers in a playoff series until 1990. The 80s, the 70s. We, we, we didn't win. We were a doormat on the way to NBA championships, which makes sense. They were the Showtime Lakers. They've always been a team that, you know, and you go back and you look at the Showtime Lakers and you think about how lucky the Lakers were to be Showtime because they were a team that the Suns played in the 1980 NBA playoffs who had Magic Johnson on their team. And Magic Johnson is somebody who obviously was the first overall pick, but the Lakers the previous season were in the playoffs. They had traded with the, U- or with the New Orleans Jazz back then for they swapped draft picks in like 1976 and then sucked uh, in 1979. Coin flip for the Lakers, they end up with Magic Johnson. The next 10 years are history. Uh, so the first six matchups against the Lakers, Lakers 6-0. and The last six matchups with the Lakers, the, the Lakers are 2-4. and four. The Suns are 4-2 and two in those games. Now, granted, our last taste of playoff basketball, May 29th, 2010. Raise your hand if you remember where you were. Kind of. <laughs> I think I was I was probably working. I don't know. <laughs> In my old apartment, I remember that. Yeah. But he's the real quick, the Grizzlies Warriors game just went to overtime. I know. I have no it on way. right behind you guys. <laughs> so I was just like, Are you serious? This is the way this is. It's just like LeBron hitting that three to win. It's like you have to take care of the advantages of being up mm-hmm. by six points, like Memphis were, and they turn the ball over. They do the stupid little things that always happens and lets these teams like Steph Curry and the LeBron James and the NBA win these games because they get so many chances, even mm-hmm. on error, even on error on many possessions, they still have a chance to win the game. And now they're going to overtime. Well, so. but to that point, the last time the Suns were in the playoffs was against the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. And Jason Richardson hit a magical bank shot three to tie the game at 101, potentially send a tied series game. It was 2-2, two overtime. There was like two seconds left. Kobe takes an off-balance falling, a Booker three, if you will, an off-balance falling out of bounds three-point shot, misses, air balls, but Ron Artest is right there to put it back in. And then they win that game. They kill us in game six. And, you know, May 29, 2010, last time the Suns played the playoffs. So, I, I almost feel like it's sweet, sweet justice that the Suns have to play the Lakers as their baptism back into the playoffs. <laughs> What's frustrating is the fact that we are the two seed and we're and we're not favored because we're going against a team that, like, you, as you mentioned, Matthew, has two of the top, what, three, five players in the league. So I don't want to get into predictions just yet. As you guys look at this this series and you look at this game, what is or, – or, what is the most important thing that the Suns need to do in an effort to be victorious? Brandon, I'll start with you. Defense and hit those shots and be consistent. <laughs> Don't be inconsistently consistent. You know what I mean? That cliche saying. Don't but- be DA. <laughs> <laughs> Don't hit your shots. Grab rebounds. Play interior defense. I was saying this last night with Flex from Jersey, who I, I know you guys know and you guys love. Yep. I was watching Our interior that. Great defense. Job. Thank you. I appreciate it. Our interior defense is horrible, and I get it. It's a three-point era. I get it. You can't stop LeBron James on the fast break, which, by the way, we got to watch out for the Lakers' fast break. But uh, play defense. Hit your shots. Each and every single player needs to be consistent. And let's say, like, I'm going to pick on Cam Johnson here. Let's say Cam Johnson's not consistent. Bring in Langston Galloway. Bring in Etwan Moore. Be consistent. Get those rebounds and play defense. 
I like that. Bring in the guys that have experience too. I mean, mm-hmm. each one more. Langston Galloway a little bit experience in the playoffs, but you talk more. I feel like he's going to get a lot of minutes in the playoffs, and people are kind of overlooking that. But you're totally right. I mean, the interior defense it did suck, but then how much of that too? You have to think of Aiton getting up for games against lesser opponents. There's a lot of that. Even when you talk about the pace, like the Suns' pace is so slow, but it's like how how fast do you have to go to beat a lot of these teams on the off nights where teams had a lot of injuries? And right. then the Suns would go up big and then, you know, slow it down. There's a lot of factors into that. So I don't look at that too much. So it is like, Suns, play your game, but I don't know what that game is. Honestly, it's going to be so weird to see this team in the playoffs facing a Lakers team that you don't even know either, like I mentioned before. So for the matchups and to actually say, like, what can they do to win the game? It's honestly, it's a shoulder shrug kind of because I don't know. But a big thing that you can really focus on is kind of funny. It's like if you can get LeBron to head into the tunnel before the end of the game, then you win. Not halftime. Right. I'm talking about two minutes left and he gives up on his team. Yes. You know you won the series. You want to do that. You want to get in his head that way. Don't fall into that. The the BS look he has on his face, like he belongs there. Yeah, he does, I guess, in the playoffs. Anthony Davis won the championship last year in such a weird bubble season, of course. But I don't know how much of that experience goes into this because this is the Suns team that's ready to go from the jump. They're going to be a lot quicker than this uh, Lakers team. So the matchup sides, it could be an issue. But a lot of, like Marcus Harold, they won't play in, cl- in crunch time. They just won't. They're going to play respected minutes, of course, but in crunch time, it doesn't matter. So if the Suns can feel that fill that void to where, you know, you have Sarge coming in, you have Torrey Craig that can actually, you know, grab some rebounds as long as they actually use their big butts. I think that's going to be huge for the Suns in those minutes. But crunch time, I think the Suns can outnumber the Lakers, but you have to just worry about LeBron James and Anthony Davis, their ankles, because every time they go up for a mm-hmm. shot, you're going to see them always looking at the ground around the rim like oh what am i going to land on because if they land on anything and hurt those ankles they're going to be out and if lebron heads into the locker room early the suns have him and i think that's going to be big for the suns to get inside his head uh real quick shout out to glenn brown uh one of uh dropped a little you know six bucks in the super chat we appreciate this i'm nervous but also hyped can't wait to see if our guys can rise to the challenge going to be exciting no matter what and and glenn i i completely agree with you there uh i'm nervous I think nervous is the best way to describe it. But again, I'm with you. I'm also hyped and I'm excited to see what is going to happen come Sunday. And, you know, obviously defense is the big one here. And I think that the the Suns ability and it's been proven all season to play defense is something that we as Suns fans really don't know how to respond to, you know, for the for the majority of Suns fans. Uh, seven seconds or less is kind of the crown jewel in their experience uh, as a fan. And those were not defensive teams at all. This is a team that has the ability to slow down, play with pace uh, and, and play defense and almost put the, the opposition, you know, to take them out of their game. And that's where I think the key is going to really be uh, for the Phoenix Suns. I think the ability to manage emotions is going to be vital because that is where the Lakers (laughs) Clearly, yes, absolutely. But that is where the Lakers clearly have an advantage over the Suns. Is they are, you know, LeBron James. I mean, no, no one in NBA history has more playoff experience than he does. That's just a fact. Anthony Davis has playoff experience, and now he has a final under his belt. You have a lot of other players like uh, uh, Catavius Caldwell Pope and Alex Caruso, Marcus All. All these guys have playoff experience, and some of them are now champions. Okay, so. 
they have the ability to maintain composure and manage emotions, never get too high, never get too low. I almost hope that the Suns could fly Ricky Rubio out to Phoenix and just have him in like the second row. Like, hey, Suns fans, never too high. Never with his little, you know, with his to little remind us. Yeah. <laughs> Can I clip that and use it in like every video for now? <laughs> you could do it twice. <laughs> yeah, my story, yeah. But that's what's going to be very vital for this team is the Lakers are going to put runs on us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously the first two games being at home and the advantage of having the, the two seed will play well for the Suns because it's going to curb the emotions in the building unless the Suns fans who are present have that oh shit moment as fans. And we've all experienced those moments in, in games that we've been to where there's a feeling in the building people have referenced before. It's like, uh-oh, something doesn't feel right. Uh, the shots aren't going in tonight. And then the murmuring starts. That feeds into it. But if we can manage our emotions, if we can, you know, if, if the, the Lakers come out and punch you and go up 14-2, to call that timeout, Monty, and then just, just start to play your game. Don't don't fall for their games. And and Brandon, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll segue to you. Uh, because you brought this up yesterday when you were talking to Flex, and it is a very valid point. The Lakers are dangerous on fast break, you know, so we have to stop that, right? Yeah, absolutely. And first off, I just wanted to just say something that you said at the start of the show is I feel like there's a lot of I don't know, and that really goes with every playoff series. I mean, we can analyze everything and break it all down, give our opinion, but I feel like we're going to have a completely different conversation from here all the way to game two. But yeah, with the fast break, that was just one thing I took away from that Warriors game. I mean, I've watched a couple Lakers games, obviously, you know, when they played the Suns and then just random other times. And that was one thing I took. And I said this last night, I was like, when LeBron James is on that fast break, it's like it's like Magic Johnson or Michael Jordan or insert player here. It with is, physicality. Yeah. And then, you know, they're just... Uh, their their size is huge. We all know that, but really, I think their size cannot be overlooked. And sure, you can criticize the Suns for their size, but I think they will match it with their shooting. And maybe we'll see some surprise performances out of our big. So hopefully, that kind of answers your question about the the fast break. That was just one thing I took away, and I hope the Suns are ready. I hope they can kind of match the fast break with slowing it down. Speaking of that, though, in my opinion, even though the Suns do play at a slow pace, it still seems kind of fast. I don't know if you guys would agree with that. That's just probably the league nowadays. Dude, you're totally right. And honestly, I put in my notes, too, the pace of the game I mentioned earlier. But with the fast break, you saw a lot of it with Mikhail Bridges towards the end of the year where he was mm-hmm. actually able to be that guy to throw the ball to on a fast break to finish or even finish by himself. Tons of times this year. Yes, yeah. He he was improving on that, giving oh, yeah. the ball, doing so much, of course. He's basically our best all-around player right now. Besides maybe Chris Paul, maybe that guy. But the fast I, I break, don't even know who Chris Paul is. <laughs> never heard of the guy. <laughs> the fast break is going to be interesting to watch because, I mean, this last game, LeBron James and Anthony Davis, they looked a little bit fragile. And I don't know if it's just them out there not trying to do too much and get injured or else just trying to be like, you know what? We want the media. We want the fans to think that we are down. We might have a chance to lose the series and to come out and just blow the suns out of the water. But if you're actually – if you're actually going into this game thinking that, I don't think that's true. I think they actually are kind of going to be a little bit fragile on those fast breaks on the way they play. They're going to handle themselves like a little bit, not in a way to where they're, they're caring for their bodies, helping their team, 
like you said, Magic Johnson finding everybody. LeBron's going to do that. The open shooters in the corners, that's going to be so hard to even catch up for the Suns defenders to actually maneuver around on defense, catch up to the guys that are open because they're going to be open. LeBron will find a way. The double teams, triple teams will be there against LeBron. But on the fast breaks, I think they're going to be kind of slowed down because I don't think these guys want to get hurt right away. I think because that's, a, I mean, it's always, it's been happening even since the bubble with AD. AD will go down every game holding his ankle. LeBron right now, I think might be a little bit freaked out for, for having the chance that he might get hurt in this first series because it might happen. The way he talks about his body, I don't know how much to believe of it to be true, but from the last game they played against the Warriors, it looked like he was kind of scared and not scared, but just kind of nervous in a way. Like I don't, he wants to play in the playoffs and try to win a championship this year, but he doesn't want to risk it all in the first series. So if the Suns could take advantage of that and run circles around him and AD, that's the way they have, would have to win each game. It's just by doing that and outrunning these guys on fast breaks. And I think the Suns have explored that this year towards the end of getting on the fast break and getting things going quicker. So I don't think there's a whole lot to adjust for the Suns there. I think they have a chance to really outrun the Lakers. I'm sorry this is kind of going off script here. I feel like it kind of ties in with our conversation. Do you guys feel like this week off that we had is going to benefit the Suns. This is something I talked about last night, but everyone has their opinion on it. Uh, I mean, obviously the Lakers are injured and LeBron's ankle is questionable and Anthony Davis hasn't really held up that well this year. What, what do you guys think about the, the whole week off? It might have been even longer than a week. feels like longer than a week. What do you guys think about that? Go ahead, Matthew. Um, well, honestly, it depends. If you're the if you're the Dallas Cowboys and you're you're Tony Romo going to a different island on your week off to go into the uh, <laughs> week two of the playoffs, and yeah, that's going to be an issue. But Monty has these guys focused. Yeah. You know he does. You saw Mikel Bridges on his interview where he's actually leaving the interview to go see uh, uh, Bryant, one of their their assistant coaches. I forget his first yeah, name. Yeah, Mark Bryant. Bryant. I saw Mark that. Mark Bryant. I don't know how I forgot his first name. <laughs> Mark Bryant. Dunk. So, I, I mean, I think they're focused. They're over there practicing. CP3, Jake crowd they're getting these guys ready and, and Mc- be- i'm oh, sorry to cut you off but uh monty williams said they had a scrimmage today and he said he was impressed so yeah i mean that's good i mean yeah. that is good i think he's really he, he's focused on getting these guys ready just like the other veterans on the team so i'm not worried yeah i think you know look at what the suns did obviously it was a much longer two and a half month break in between the end of last season and the beginning of the orlando bubble Monty Williams has shown, albeit in a short period of time with the Phoenix Suns, that if he has a break, he will come out strong with his team and they will be prepared for what lies ahead. He knows how to uh, create motivational speeches. He knows how to you know, temper this team and prepare them for the next challenge that lies ahead. So I was definitely uh, a big fan of not only getting DA rest the last three games, uh, letting Cam Johnson heal to the point where now he's getting some reps in. I mean, I think that a team that has been healthy for the majority of the season, a team that has played the majority of its payroll the entire season, is entering the playoffs healthy. Now, the Lakers did have to play one game, and they did barely win it. But again, it's you know they had to play one game, and they and struggled we, too. They, they I don't did. Care what anybody says they struggled. Well, if Golden State hadn't turned the ball over in the, first, mm-hmm. in the second half so much, they would have Thank won that you. game. Mm-hmm. And then, and then they would have the Lakers would have to play two games to get in. And then you really don't know. And we'd be so, having a completely different conversation. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> well, we really. would. The way the media are talking about it, they're like even giving Golden State a 
uh, uh, level up above the the Suns, like actually having their number in a way. It's are you serious? Everybody you is. Everybody in the media that, is. It would have been and like nobody who is a no, nobody who coaches <clears throat> in the NBA wants to see the Suns. That's mm-hmm. a fact because mm-hmm. we play defense. Because of you know the Suns have an identity and they know who they are. And it's one thing not a lot of teams do. The Lakers enter this playoffs with no true identity. They have an idea of who they want to be, but they haven't had enough time to develop the chemistry on the court this season. Now, granted, this is a team that did win an NBA championship last year, and a lot of the parts are back. But if you look at their starting five this year versus last year, Markeith Morris isn't playing right now. They don't have all the same, you know, backup pieces. So they, but and they have other pieces that are, you know, going to be a problem. And we recognize that. And I think that if this was any other team other than, I don't care if this was all the same players and they were on Denver or the the Clippers or Golden State, if it was the exact same team, we wouldn't have the same fear. But it's the it's the name on the jersey that gives the Suns somewhat of that complex. We can't help it. Phoenix has always been second fiddle to LA. It's, you know, my, my father once said that Phoenix is a wide spot in the road on the way to LA until Jerry Colangelo brought the Suns here. And that's, that's just the complex Jerry that we have. And, and that's actually what I told Jerry Colangelo when I met him. him. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I said to him, you know, so, um, you know, I, I really think that it's going to be, uh, it, it's been valuable that we've had the rest. And I really think that, we, you know, kind of to Matthew's point relative to the fast break, the, the Suns aren't a fast break team. We right. really aren't. And you look at the Lakers, and they're not necessarily a fast break team. The difference is they're more deadly on the fast break. They lead the league uh, in field goal percentage on the fast break. And they have 17 possessions of that a game, which puts them right in the middle of the league with the Suns at 17.1. So, you know, it's not going to be a fast per, uh break game but when those opportunities do present themselves we have to have the ability to close out what's going to be really tough is the fact that this team despite not having a lot of anthony davis despite not having a lot of lebron james this year is the number what two number one offensive team in the league relative to points this is a team that they hung their hat on trying to play defense all year long alex caruso is about to become the most hated man in phoenix book it oh yeah mm-hmm. no he already is i mean he's he's been that guy for a while but when you're seeing him in a series it's 100 percent worse right because he is even watching him against the warriors you you hate to want to play that guy because the thing is after he plays a game it's this guy can play great defense which is annoying if you're a suns fan you don't want the guy to be a pesky defender and the guy can hit some knockdown shots too and he can facilitate the ball if he needs to and of course he's a guy like joe ingles like you look at him you're like no and I think that might be the frustrating part. It's like you look at him playing and you're like, come on, just stop this guy because he doesn't look like he should be doing any better than what Saric is doing out there or any of our lesser players off the bench. But he does, and it is <laughs> frustrating, and I understand it, but a lot of the, all these Lakers players are going to be frustrating. All the refs are going to be frustrating. Everything about the series, it's going to give everyone a migraine. So Absolutely. In my opinion, with Alex Caruso, real quick, by the way, welcome to the Alex Caruso podcast. Um, <laughs> he wouldn't be on that team if LeBron James didn't believe in him. So that's got to show something. And yeah. I feel like the Lakers are going to have a lot of annoying players. Even if they do like an eight man rotation, they're going to be really annoying. And I guess you could say this about like every team in the league. But one thing that I think gets overlooked with a lot of teams is their coaching staff. I mean, obviously the Lakers, you know, they got Frank Vogel, but Jason Kidd's on their bench too. Uh That's a Hall of Famer right there. I think that gets forgotten about, and it really shows 
you know, in the playoffs, I think that that really matters. That's just kind of a side thought I had, but it's true. And I'm sure they got a couple other great coaches I'm forgetting about. Uh, Coda Kid says in the chat, and I agree with this 110%. I was going to make this point. We have a Caruso, and his name's Campaign. (laughs) And one of the things to remember about this team again is the fact that we are deep. And you guys mentioned it, and I don't know how much Monty's going to venture away from his initial script of if somebody's not playing well, start to just try to keep putting guys in there who are going to play well, because I think that there's going to be value in playing Cam Johnson, even if he's not playing well, because, mm-hmm. you know, the short-term greed, long-term greed, the short-term greed is you want to win this series. The long-term greed is you want to win some series next year and the following year. Cam Johnson needs to know that you're going to have confidence in him. Uh, you know, cause again, let, let's say Cam Johnson's having an off night in, in game one. So he doesn't see the floor very often game two or three and the Suns win the series in six. You're going to need Cam Johnson's confidence in the second round. So I think that Monty is going to, you know, fine tune those rotations. I think, uh, you know, the depth is going to be ready in case any injuries occur or if anything crazy happens, if, you know, Booker gets thrown out, which I could totally see happening in the playoffs, <laughs> you know, especially against the Lakers, you know, over under Galloway over under of yeah, 0.5. I give one. Okay. <laughs> I, yeah, totally I, I go him. under. I go under. I think he holds his composure pretty good. This, this he better. I just can't wait to he, see he, playoff he Booker. The most exciting thing is mm-hmm. the fact that we finally get to see what playoff <laughs> Booker looks yes. like. We've talked about it for years. We, yeah. you know, we, we've had uh, different situations throughout Devin Booker's career in which we we criticize and chastise the way that he plays in yeah. in high leverage situations during games, but those games never had any true merit. Now these games count. Now the spotlight is on him. Now he's playing against the team who everybody thinks is going to win a title and he's an underdog against. You don't think that he knows that everybody in the world is watching him. Mm-hmm. Now we get to see what we really have in Devin Booker. And again, I'm nervous and excited for it. <laughs> I know. And honestly, no one's talking about that. They mentioned Booker a few times like, Oh, Booker has to go off. Well, let's talk about that a little bit more. But honestly, yeah. before that, I wanted to bring up the Cam Johnson thing. Uh, maybe it is. It will be a playoff thing to hurt his confidence, really, to take him out. But this whole season, you've seen players not even play for two or three weeks, and they come in and, and just be dominant in what they're supposed to do. So I think they do trust Monty. I think there's things behind the scenes that would help that. If Cam Johnson is struggling, you pull him. I mean, just like Jay Crowder was benched for how many different guys to take his spot in the lineup. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that hurt his confidence, but Cam Johnson is younger. So if you're talking about that, it might affect him. But I think just having Monty as a coach, and James Jones, True. Like that, you know, behind the scenes, I think it would help him. But um, anyways, if you want to talk about Booker, yeah, go ahead. No, you go you ahead. Well, first off, if I can <laughs> just ahead. say something, Cam Johnson, if you're oh, watching, I promise we're not picking on you. Heck no. But secondly, my, my quick thoughts about Cam Johnson is just he, he can be a threat out there, even if he is struggling. And I truly do believe that he's a good defender. So that's it. But playoff Booker. I, I now, think now, this, hold on. Now I want okay, to talk okay. about Cam Johnson some more. Okay. <laughs> okay? Cam Johnson is going to be absolutely vital to the, the Sun success, as is Jay Crowder. Yep. Both of them are going to be the guys who are going to have the most opportunities to shoot wide open threes. Because if you look at their statistics, they're number one and number two. Cam Johnson won, Jay Crowder number two, uh, on taking wide open threes. Wide open threes are considered threes that in which the defender is more than six feet away from you when you start your shot. And they see Cam Johnson is something like 56% of his threes are wide open because they are the 
whatever the at, comes after tertiary is quintetary or whatever. They're the fourth or fifth option on offense. So as the offense is, is navigating itself and collapsing and, and creating mismatches, they're the ones open on the wings. They're going to have the open yeah. shots. He's a threat. You know? And, and if they start knocking them down, watch out LA. We'll mm-hmm. boat race you. I mean, that's yeah. a fact. We saw, we've seen it when Jay Crowder had that one game where he hit like nine threes and just couldn't stop. Like <laughs> it's game over. Yep. And yeah. Cam Johnson, He's going to be the guy. He's going to be the guy coming off the bench who's going to be our flamethrower. He needs to be the guy who is con- continuing our offensive threat when our major guns are sitting on the bench, and he has the capability to do so. We've analyzed it. We looked at you know we put out a video on the Suns Jam Session podcast. Shameless plug, like below, and all that stuff. But we put out a video analyzing you know his drought, and if you look at his drought, there was nothing mechanically wrong. He was just they just weren't dropping. So exactly. it's not like he has a hitch in his giddy up or his feet aren't set. You know, we've seen that with shots. the Suns a lot this season. The entire team sometimes the ball just doesn't go in, and you have those good looks too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I mean, the shots are going to be there, but again, the shots are also going to be there for one playoff Devin Booker. So tell me, guys, what your thoughts are on two things: one, Devin Booker's ability to score. Is he going to be double teamed or this are, is he going to be the primary focus of the Lakers defense or is it going to be one on one with Alex Caruso? And two, how awesome is it that we're all wearing Valley hats? <laughs> <laughs> Matt, you want to go first? OK, you want me to go first? Well, first yeah. off, when we were talking about Devin Booker, sorry, we were kind of jumping from Cam Johnson to Devin Booker. But my whole thing is I think we kind of got a small teaser of playoff Booker in the NBA bubble, in my opinion, because you got to think about it. All the eyes were on the bubble. Everyone was watching. I think most of those games were on national TV. I could be wrong, but Devin Booker has kind of been in that environment. And I get it. The playoffs are a whole different dog. Now, I, I did read a quote earlier. Booker said something along the lines that he thinks he studied like every single defense that they can throw at him. Now, obviously, Ooh. with the Lakers, that could change. I mean, we're talking about the Lakers here, yeah. but... I hope that that because we've seen it before. Booker has been locked down, and sometimes Booker's been locked down by normal wing players who aren't really that great. We've seen it before. We've seen the nights where Booker doesn't shoot that well and only finishes with like 16 to 20 points. So I guess we'll see. And again, I, I'll say this over and over again. I feel like we're going to be having a different conversation from right now all the way to game two. Yeah, Hopefully that answers the question. And then the Valley Hats, come on, we got to represent. Yeah. <laughs> Rally thumbs the Valley, up, baby. Thumbs up to the Valley Hats. They look beautiful <laughs> on their beautiful faces. Honestly, <laughs> I think, too, uh, what you're talking about with Booker, like learning the defenses, it is one thing to learn them in a course in the playoffs. That's totally a different story, right? It's like if you're training to be a customer service uh agent or whatever you do to uh, call people and answer phones for a job you can study and do as much as you want but once you're actually on the calls it's a different world absolutely it's a lot well, that's with anything it's like riding it a is bike with anything exactly yeah. but for him it depends how he does treat those double teams how he does approach them and how much he can control his frustration with refs of course that will allow him to be the best booker for his first playoff series because it's going to be a process right he has his mm-hmm. own path he's done so much things for this this franchise already this is really the beginning for booker this is no matter how this series ends he'll only get better right i mean Mm -hmm. if they win the championship maybe this is a peak who knows but whatever you're going to see from him in this first series against the lakers 
it's nothing to be upset about. If he can't handle it, if he turns the ball over sometimes, it might happen. It's probably going to happen, but I'll never take anything away from him because he's going to have to learn how to play against these defenses and how to use DeAndre Ayton, how to use Chris Paul. Mikkel Bridges needs to step up big for Booker. So I think it's more mm-hmm. about these guys around him trying to help him out and be available for him because he is going to get doubled. You don't want Booker to go off because he, when he starts to go off, then it doesn't matter who is double teaming him, who is in the paint. He'll get the shot off over anybody besides Matisse Thibel. <laughs> and yeah. Because yeah. that was a hell of a game, right? But I just think it's it's up to the rest of the team. And I think the fans will know after watching this series that Booker is only going to get better. Hopefully well, we my- don't get the Devin Booker that average, you know, led the league in turnovers as well. But hopefully oh. we can get a pissed off Booker. Sorry to cut you off yeah. there, John. No, but- well, it, what's <clears> interesting is I'm, I can't wait to see how the Lakers defend him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they do, be, they are a great defensive team, and they can afford to avoid the doubles and be to be strategic in their doubles, and they will pester him. Alex Caruso will spend time on him. You're going to get some Kyle Kuzma on him as well. You're going to get some length on him because Caldwell this is a long team. Too, I think. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. I mean, this is a long team that is going to create defensive uh, problems this, for Devin yeah, Booker. Right. He needs to learn mm-hmm. how to be efficient while navigating that, and and you know. If it is true that he spent time looking at all the defenses, that's fantastic. That's another reason why this week off benefited this team right. because it allowed them an opportunity to really take a look at what the Lakers can throw at him and and, and how to make the right decisions. And if he's sitting alongside Chris Paul and he's showing him what to do, then even better. Again, the, it's, the experience is going to be everything you need. You know, you look at his performance in the bubble last year and he was scoring 30 points a game uh, mm-hmm. on what, 50, 31, 94 splits. You know, but those were against teams that were sitting players getting ready for yeah. their own playoff runs. That's true. This is a different ball game right now. I forgot about that actually. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a completely different ball game right now. These mm-hmm. Lakers are going to be uh, trying to they're, they're going to throw the book at book, and right. I'm just I don't know what to expect. Uh, Matthew, if he is in the learning process and he sucks, I'm gonna be pissed. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I, you know. <laughs> yeah, I am. I mean, it's like, well, he's growing. He's not gonna you know? suck. He's not. There's no way he's gonna suck. I mean, if he I, sucks, what is that? Don't jinx it. Averaging 15 points a game. Yeah, that's sucking. Like that's sucking for Devin Booker. Booker needs to score. Yeah. The playoffs are the time where your superstars mm-hmm. or your stars become superstars, right, Matthew? We talk about that all the time. Oh yeah. Stars become superstars by winning series. Yep. You don't do that by scoring 15 points and just you know. I don't care if they're throwing triple teams at him. Now champions adjust. Yep. And I'm really looking for Devin Booker to adjust. The next guy that I want to talk about is uh somebody who is he'll need to adjust. Uh but he's so young. Aiden watch 2021. He's just so young. <laughs> <laughs> you think we're gonna go a podcast without doing an eight and watch? Eight yeah. DeAndre Ayton is gonna be vital in this series, considering the fact that the Suns truly lack depth on the interior relative to size. Now, if we're playing a smaller team, it doesn't matter. If we're playing Golden State, it doesn't matter because it's got Kavon Looney and that's it. Now, granted, Draymond Green would be the power forward. It'd be a different, you know, but that's it. Okay, that is straight up it. Okay, welcome aboard, Hayden. It's good to see you finally come in here after a yeah. season of us doing this. Nephew Hayden, here for the <laughs> Nephew playoffs. Nephew Hayden, here right. for the playoffs. All right, is. welcome aboard, brother. But DeAndre Ayton is going to have to play smart. He's going to have to play physical. He's going to have to play with his finesse. He's going to have to rebound. He's going to have to have the ability to be that option when the double teams are coming to either Chris Paul or Devin Booker. He's going to have to be a lot for this team. 
and I hope his young shoulders can handle it. Yeah, as somebody who's had two shoulder injuries in four years, I feel for DeAndre Ayton there, but you are absolutely right, man. I mean, he's got to really step up. He's got to play smart. And we were kind of picking on Booker about this earlier. He's got to contain you know, his anger and not get upset because he's another guy that he doesn't get a certain foul call his way, or if he thinks it's a foul, he'll just jog up court complaining to the referees. Yeah, and not and get it's back. annoying. Like he, he'll put his hands up like this. It's annoying, man. And he's got to keep his cool. And even if we were playing the Warriors, I don't care if it's Kevon Looney, you got to be big. You got to dominate. You got to yeah. box out. And in all fairness, even if he put up like 15 and 10, it's more just his defensive presence and being the biggest player on the court at all times. Like, Sometimes the box score can be I, I'm I'm a victim of looking at the box score and saying, Oh, this guy had a bad night, but sometimes that's not the case. But again, in the playoffs, it's a different dog. I wish you the best, DeAndre Ayton, because we are going to need you. We're gonna crucify you if you suck. Yep. <laughs> that's intense. I'll put out <laughs> another controversial DeAndre Ayton video. Yes, yeah, do it again. Do it again, Brandon. Do it again. <laughs> he'll, be second, he'll be the second person ever to be crucified, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, St. Peter was too, and it was upside down. Uh, Come know. on, man. There's know your Bible. Of, <laughs> there are millions of people are crucified. Um, so yeah, DeAndre Aiden, I'm gonna say something weird. I if I'm gonna trust each player to actually exert themselves on the court to be the best player they are that we expect out of them, my list would be like this. It would go, This is weird. DeAndre Aiden, Chris Paul, Mikhail Bridges, and then Devin Booker. And they're very, very close in there, but that's how I trust them. When it's a big game, I am trusting DeAndre Aiden to be the best he can be. I'm not saying it's going to win us a game. I'm not saying he has to be the all-star. I'm saying he's going to show up and be that player that we expect every game. Which we have seen this season. We've seen We have seen that, yeah. And honestly, Mikael Bridges is right there too, but DeAndre Aiden absolutely has to be that guy. And you were talking about box scores earlier. And yeah, we've looked at box scores that look terrible, but it's all about his body language, how he proves himself on the court that I'm really worried about. Mm-hmm. If I don't, if he gets like exactly. the 12 points and nine rebounds and we win the game and he absolutely put himself on the line out there, that's what I want to see. I don't care how many, how many points he gets. Offensively, he, offensively, he will be, it needs to be a force. I really think that. I think, John, you talk about, and a lot of people do, about his defense. And I do want the defense there. But I absolutely think his offense has to get going in a way. I know I just said 12 points, and that's fine. That is fine. If it's there and the rest of the team's doing well, that's fine. But when we need him to step up and hit those little jumpers and be aggressive on the offensive end, he needs to be. And I really believe he will be. And I don't think we'll have eight and watch if we ever get to have it with the other solar panel guys. I think what we should, it should be there, right? We get the drop, right, John? Oh, I'll, I'll be talking. Watch. I'll talk to Saul about. It. I already sent him all the okay. files, Mike. Dude, oh. you know you got to get that in. That's your guys' stamp right there. That's not the same. Yeah, that's your guys' stamp. I think we'll be very positive with his outcome at the end of every game. I really do. Well, and I'll go the other way. You know, I think more important will be his defense in this game, or in this game, in this series. Uh, and I, I've been beating that drum for a little bit now on on a couple different uh, podcasts that I've been talking about with people because I think that you know an interior presence. You have to be smart because they're going to attack the paint. That's where they're going to attack. LeBron's going to be come right at you every time. Mm-hmm. And if he and when he comes at you, he's going to do those little dish passes to AD mm-hmm. and to Andre Drummond. Hey, Andre Drummond's also AD. That just hit me. <laughs> uh, so DA needs to guard AD and AD. Uh, but I mean, he, they're going to be a- attacking him. And I'm hoping that the Suns have the capability to negate those drives to be quicker. I hope Jay Crowder 
has a stellar uh, series because we're going to need him too. And I think you see the theme here. Like, you know, we know that this is no easy task that lies before the Suns, and they're going to need stellar efforts from everybody on this team. I know that. They know that. Uh, but it starts with DA in the middle. It really does. And I, and I agree with you, Matthew. He's going to have offensive opportunities in this game. Or this game. I keep saying game. See, I'm so used to well, doing game games. Game one. I'm not used to series, okay? Game, oh. game one's going to be game big. One, it's going to yeah. feel like a whole series in itself. Oh, amen. It's going to be so stressful afterwards. But yeah. <laughs> it, it's gonna. he's going to have those opportunities because of the way that they're going to be guarding the Suns. And he, but it, those opportunities are going to be against Andre Drummond. He can own Andre Drummond if he wants to. He can. He really can. He can hit his jumper. He can go right around him. Andre Drummond's. A, you know, he's slow, man. He's like Andre the Giant. Andre Drummond the Giant out there. You know, he's just kind of slow mo out there. And Da has athleticism. He mm-hmm. he's done his spin move two times this year, and it was fantastic both times. I really wish he did that more. But he's going to really, really be vital on both ends of the floor. And the one thing that scares me as I'm sure it scares many Suns fans, is the same thing that happened last time we played the Lakers. It's foul trouble. Is if DA gets two early fouls and takes him out of the game, it's going to be it's gonna be a long night for the Suns. Or yeah, day, because it's a 12.30 start. And it might happen, honestly. It might happen in the first game, but then he'll bounce back. And that would be disappointing with the fouls. I kind of did forget about that part. But DeAndre Ayton, he can play a lot of these guys out of the game, not Anthony Davis or LeBron, but the bigger guys that we're talking about that front line, he can play them out of the game. They're not going to be there in crunch time. So I'm not too worried about them after that, but it's so I'm glad you brought up LeBron James of finding people because he will. And it's up to those other defenders really to trail those guys and not let the back door happen so much because they're going to watch mm-hmm. LeBron and be in awe of him. Like, Oh my God, I'm in the playoffs with LeBron. And then he's just going to pass it right by their head. That's going to happen. And they have to show up and help DA on the defensive end to make sure that does not happen. And we've all seen it before, too. I mean, DeAndre Ayton's a pretty good switch defender, like especially when he's on guards. He's even said, I love mm-hmm. guarding guards. So hopefully he can use that experience that he has and that defense on the Lakers because we're going to need it. And, Matt, you kind of said it earlier. Like, during the big games, sometimes, if not all the time, he really did step up. Like, I know that I made that video, and I'm, I sound like an Ayton hater a lot, but, like, he really has had some great moments this season. He had a few good stretches throughout the year. You know, he was nominated for a pl- couple player of the weeks, I think, even though he didn't mm-hmm. win it. Like, he he's he's playing good, but he's just, now's the time. Like, it keeps getting harder and harder. It's like, now he has to step up, and I, I can't wait to see it. I feel like, I feel like after game one, we could all just do an eight and watch video. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, we're going to break down every moment and just right. like overanalyze it and be like, you know, what did he do well? What did he not do well? You know, How but he dribbled but the ball. You, 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 you mentioned his uh, his ability to switch on guards. The guards are the definite advantage for the Suns in this series. Yep. You know, they have the size. That's what the that's what the Lakers uh, make their living on is size and, you know, AD and, and uh, LeBron James. But we have the advantage on with the guards, and they're both playmakers. I mean, we have two all-stars. Chris Paul is going to be an all-NBA first-teamer, and Devin Booker is a shot at all-NBA third-team. That's nothing to scoff at. That means you're one of the – we have two of the best 15 players in the NBA this year. Yep. That's what that means. And that's where we need to really start focusing, you know, uh, a lot of our energy. You know, if we're trying to find the, the positive things to say about the Suns or the positive matchups, not the positive things to say. I think we say a lot of positive things. Uh, but the positive matchups is our guards versus their guards and how can they execute and the, and the the acumen and playoff experience of Chris Paul and how vital that's going to be. We've talked about Booker. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on Chris Paul going against his buddy LeBron, uh, both on offense and defense? 
<laughs> Go ahead, Brandon. I think it's going to be great. I think, you know, Chris, Chris Paul's a Hall of Famer for a reason. He's Even though he's never been to the finals, he's done this countless times over and over again. I think he's going to be ready for it. And then you, we all kind of talked about it earlier, this whole week off and just being prepped, being ready, getting that practice and film session in. I think Chris Paul is going to be ready. He's going to love it. He's going to thrive in the moment. I just I cannot wait. It's going to be so fun. It's going to be fun to watch. Matthew? Them bantering back and forth. You know what's going to be happening. Oh, free yeah. Throws, free throws at the half-court line. Them and the ref. It's going to be Chris Paul, a ref, and then LeBron James. Just both talking to the refs, trying to get their way. <laughs> That's what I'm going to watch. I, I love that. I love that we have like the mini. I you know Eric Bledsoe used to be the mini LeBron, but come on. That's Chris <laughs> Paul, right? He's the yes. mini LeBron. He, yes. he, kind of, he is. He knows Absolutely. how to work the refs. Yeah, exactly. In his game, he's an old he's an older man, so he slows it down. But I think he can keep up the pace. And when you're watching him bringing up the court, and LeBron's coming uh, on defense, but then of course he's not really guarding Chris Paul at that time. But when he does start to swarm, Chris Paul's going to know: are, are is LeBron James and AD going to be fast enough to react on passes, on backdoor passes? You know, these guys I mentioned they're they're a little bit hurt around the ankles, so. I'm not going to say it's going to affect them, but whatever they juice up in the locker room before this, before these games might help them. But I'm just saying, Chris Paul will have their heads on a swivel if they come over to double team. Same thing with Devin Booker. So LeBron James versus Chris Paul, it, it's fun. It's absolutely something you wanted to see, right, when uh, Chris Paul was with the Clippers. And then this doesn't make any sense because LeBron wasn't even on the Lakers yet. So never mind. Well, do you, do you guys – Sorry to cut you off, John. Do you guys remember? I think it was in the first or the second matchup with the Lakers when Booker got ejected. I can yeah. kind of tell like LeBron didn't want that to happen. No. And it kind of like sucked the gravity out of the building. I can't wait for stuff like that to go down. Just the like you guys said with the bantering, it's going to be so much fun. Sorry, John. Go ahead. No, well, I was just going to say, do you think that if you have like LeBron here, the ref here, and Chris Paul here, do you think LeBron will even have the capability to see them? Cause like he's he nearly lost his eyesight the other night, man. Like, <laughs> like it's gonna be like this. He's gonna be dribbling with a cane out there. If I can actually credit LeBron on something, that ankle didn't look good when it went down. I mean, he's like if you watch the replay, that ankle is like it was a. No, you well, cannot credit LeBron on this podcast. <laughs> only me. I'm the only one. To, only one to speak the truth on LeBron. Well, but I'm drinking little... Sprite. I'm a LeBron sponsor. Yeah, he's a LeBron. Well, let, let let's. Let's switch subjects real quick to the Le baby LeBron. Um, <laughs> you know, we don't know how his ankle really is. Right. You know, I, I've been one who has been pushing the anti-LeBron narrative, thinking that maybe he is kind of telling the media certain things uh, just to Playing try to build games. up his. Well, and he's he's building his goat case. He's saying, "Hey, we're the seven seed, and I'm injured, and I, look at me, and like I can't see, and my eyes hurt, and this hurts, and that hurts, and I'll never be 100 percent." And so when they march to the finals this year, and he gets there, he's like, "See, I made, I, I got now. This is the third hardest uh, uh, NBA finals ever made." You know, he's trying to, he can't beat Jordan on the six and zero debate, so he's trying to beat Jordan with like, "Yeah, I went like five and nine, or whatever it is, five and eight. Well, I don't even know how many it is anymore." Uh, but you know, I also want like three really, really hard ones, man. You know, so like that's the narrative that he's trying to push. But when I watch the game against the Warriors, like it's clear that LeBron is hampered. 
even though his fucking shoes and, and thighs are like tree trunks, they're like my torso. The guy's so unbelievably big. And he can do he literally anytime he wants, he can just go to the rim. Like yeah, exactly. if you're in his way, you're you're being pushed out of the way and it's a foul on you. Even like, if that's he's not hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. Sarvich. Him and Sarvich have the same exact kind of vert. They How do. dare you disrespect Sarge I'm like that? He can, he can, oh, yeah. Okay, so Le, LeBron, if you're going to say, like, LeBron, so you're thinking they can just waltz into the playoffs and win the championship? Yeah, they can, because that's what they think they can do, because LeBron knows he has that moment with him in the playoffs. He's got that he gear. Can, he can yep. turn it on, and everyone says, like, you can't just flip the switch. Yeah, he, he can. can. And especially, especially in the playoffs. Yeah, and if other teams are playing LeBron, they know they're playing LeBron, and that helps LeBron's case of, being in that big moment to where he can knock down the big shot or make the big pass. And that's what he thinks is going to happen. You know, I brought up Russell Wilson before when he won the Super Bowl, he can just envision everything else happening, even though he didn't win another Super Bowl after that, but it made it easier for him to be in those moments. And he knows that it's going to be still seven game series against anybody for three rounds into the NBA championship in the West. Once he gets there, who knows what East team he's going to face, but he knows it's going to be difficult, but he knows too, in that moment, if he's there, he can win the game, and that's the scariest thing out of this Lakers team. It's just like tonight with I don't know how the Grizzlies won, but they actually won in overtime. And John honestly, Morant, yeah, I honestly thought they were going to lose that just because of the moment that the Golden State Warriors had with Draymond Green and Steph Curry, to where they know they can sometimes etch out wins whenever they're not playing the better team. And I guess they were tonight against the Memphis Grizzlies. What are your thoughts on LeBron? There, Brandon. LeBrandon. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's going to be tough. Uh, it's every game is going to be different. We'll see if he's a hundred percent stop him on the fast break. If possible, um, play great defense on him. It's, it's going to be tough. The, the key to me is get into his, into his head. And I know yep. that Matthew said that earlier and it's hard to do. Not a lot of people can, but I think when you have Jay Crowder, when you have Chris Paul, when you have the chirp ability, of those two guys, you got one guy who can talk the shit and another guy who's going to push you around a little bit and make you uncomfortable. Jay Crowder's good at guarding him, too. Mm-hmm. Especially My last feel- year in the bubble. But if Jay Crowder's guarding LeBron, who's guarding AD in a if they right. have Andre Drummond on at the five? Jalen Smith. <laughs> I mean, seriously, though, that's yeah. going to be the challenge of this team. That's mm-hmm. the matchup challenge. Is if they decide that we're going to go with Drummond to, to you know for the majority of the game, he's going to get the majority of the minutes at five. That plays in the Lakers' hands. If they decide to do the small ball minutes where AD is the five, that plays into our hands because we can guard them across the board. But that's going to be the challenge is Jay Crowder can only guard one guy. And I was yeah. talking about this with the solar panel guys. Mikael Bridges is not going to be the guy who's going to try to get in there. So whoever, you know, who – I don't know who it is because Mikael Bridges, his strength will be playing the pa- the passing lanes and trying to, you know, you double – you double LeBron or you double AD when they have the ball and you hope that, you know, they throw a cross court patch or pass and there's go, go gadget arms grabs it and they're fast breaking the other way. That's where the Suns can, you know, get some wins. But I mean, if it's Jay Crowder on Anthony Davis and Mikhail Bridges on LeBron James, it's going to be a tough series. And I see mega, uh, mega giants. 89 says Tory Craig, Tory Craig's not going to get the start. And if he does, it'll be over Jay Crowder. So now it's the same no. thing. Tory Craig on AD. And if they're Mikhail throwing Bridges lobs to AD too, I don't care who's guarding AD. Like yeah, you can't stop a that's lob. Two points. That's it doesn't two matter. Points. If you mm-hmm. have a guy, if you have the best offensive player in the league, even Gobert can be thrown out of games or played out of games against the mm-hmm. best players in the league. It happens, and that's gonna happen in this game to where or the series. I did what you just did this whole podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but 
no matter, even if you have the guy, you don't, you have nobody that can stop any of these two players. They are maybe the two best players in the league. There's nothing you can do on defense to stop them. If they're healthy, if they're, this is why I picked the Lakers win the championship earlier. If they're healthy and they have like the core of their team there that can hit big shots around them, they're unstoppable. That's the only thing you just have to hope that maybe they get hurt. Or you just have to outshoot these dudes because they are going to be impossible. These Titans, Goliaths. I hate the Lakers and I hate them so much, but mm-hmm. it's true. They are freaking Goliaths of the NBA that are going to be impossible to take down. So good luck, Suns fans. So, guys, who wins the series? Suns and seven. <laughs> Matthew? Um, so I came to the conclusion today. Okay. I think I got more pumped up today that the Suns will win in <laughs> six. And how it's going to go is they're going to win the first three. Lose the next two and then win the sixth game. Is game that what you're three telling? is super important. So, so I, I said Suns and six originally. Okay. Um. Yeah. If somebody asked me offside outside of the podcast, Lakers. I probably say something different. You say Lakers. <laughs> I say Lakers and six. Is Suns and seven. Lakers. I want to be the guy who's like, yeah, man. Son, and, and look at it. Co- Coach B. Evans, he says Suns in three. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm with it. I'm with it. That's Suns in five. Suns sweep or Suns in six. Suns in seven. You know what? I was wrong about the bubble. I was wrong about the regular season. I'm always fucking wrong. So I hope I'm wrong. But I honestly, I want in my heart of hearts the Suns to win, but I just don't think they can beat this team. Yeah. Which brings me to my next question for you guys. If the Suns lose this series, is this year a success? Yes. Absolutely. And I, I I have a few friends that totally disagree with me, and that's fine. But look where we were two years ago. Even last year. Look where we were last year. Look where we were when we got Devin Booker. Anything beyond that is a success. We are in the NBA playoffs for the first time, what, 10, 11 years? Yep. It was a success. Now, there's Suns fans out there that hold this team to way high of standards, and they need to kind of come down a little bit. Let us win a few playoff series before you, you know, put us way up there. So, Matt, what do you think? Yeah, absolutely. It's a success. And what's going to happen is if they do lose this series, you'll see Aiton, you'll see Bridges, and you'll see Booker with hands around each other's necks, looking at LeBron James, <laughs> just like the OKC team did back in the day against the Miami Heat except for we're going to keep these three guys going in the future. So whatever they take out of the series individually is going to be a success for them moving forward. It's absolutely a success. You know, I, I really would have liked a first round victory just so, you know, and again, I'm talking like they already lost. (laughs) If they lose, I would really like for them to have the taste of victory in the playoffs. I think that's vital, not only for, for their psyche, but for the direction of this organization. You know, we listen to Bill Simmons a lot, right, Matthew? Oh, every day. Matt, you know, one of the things he always talks about is when teams lose in the playoffs, and we've seen this with the Suns, is they they try to solve the problem. They try to make transactions and moves and to, to make themselves successful the following year, and that makes sense. But it killed the oh, that 0405 Suns team. Yes. When you got rid of Joe Johnson, when you got rid of Quentin Richardson, when you brought in Kurt Thomas, you know, because, well, he matches up well against Duncan. Nobody matches up well against Duncan, mm-hmm. okay? As long as the Suns maintain their core going into next year, and here's their core to me, CP3 is at the back end, and, and the most amazing thing is that no matter what happens, if he restructures his contract, that's a that's a home run. Devin Booker, Mikhail Bridges, I know he's not. Why would he? It's mm-hmm. fucking $44 million. Mm-hmm. Devin Booker, Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, uh, DeAndre Ayton. They keep those five together. 
this team is going to be good for the next three or four years. And this will, we can look back at this and go, you know what? Dumb luck, but we learned something from it. They learned what defeat in the playoffs is. Now, here's the great thing. We win this series. We got a shot at a title, brothers. Because then we would play the winner of Denver slash Portland. And then, you know, beyond that, potentially the Clippers, potentially the Jazz, you know, the other side of the bracket. But if we win this series, we have a shot at the Western Conference Finals at very least. And it's possible. I honestly, you know, my heart is telling me no. My mind's telling me no. <laughs> but my body, my body's telling me yes. I, I honestly think we can beat this team. I really do. I think that the Lakers, uh, the, the Suns are a team that people don't want to play. And I think the Lakers are one of those teams. They know what Chris Paul brings to a team. They know the talent of Devin Booker. And it's like Monty Williams says, you know, everything we want's on the other side of hard. And this is going to be hard. And I think we can beat them. But I, but my gut is telling me no. Cause I, I think I'm jaded because I literally just wrote that piece about the Suns Lakers history. And it's just like all Lakers shit. Yeah. You know, it's just like even when the Suns should beat the Lakers, like you go back to 1993, Suns are the best team in the NBA. All right, they play the Lakers in the first round in a best of five series. And they go down 0-2. Like, of course they do. And they, yeah. Paul Westfall says, we're going to win on Tuesday. We're going to win on Thursday. <laughs> we're going to come back on Sunday. We're going to win. And everyone's going to talk about what a great series it was. And it's like, and then the Suns did that, but it's like, it had to be hard, didn't it? It had to be the Lakers. Yeah, and honestly, if you're talking about the Suns winning this, if they do end up winning, then we're going to be talking about, well, hopefully that wasn't their championship. Because that's gonna take a, this is gonna take so much out of the Suns mm -hmm. to get through this series. Going and they're like, oh my god, we gotta play. Well, that's where Chris Paul comes into play. Yeah. So the quicker they can get this over with, the more rest they can have to heal those wounded bones because they're, they're gonna have some. And if the Suns are as good as we think they are, they can beat the Lakers. It's that yep. simple. It's very we'll true. Have to see. Real quick, because we've already talked for an hour. God, time flies. Uh, the playoff picture is set with Memphis beating the. Uh, Golden State Warriors, mm -hmm. as you take a look at every other playoff series that is occurring in the NBA, guys, give me one playoff series that excites you outside of the Suns-Lakers matchup that you're looking forward to watching. Um, besides all of them, I'm going to go the Clippers and the, besides the all of them. <laughs> I'm excited. Tomorrow, playoffs, it's just going to be great. A lot of these matchups in the East are awesome, too, as well. There it is. And also Hashtag you as well. <laughs> the Clippers and the, the the rematch from last year's bubble matchup. And I honestly think Dallas should have won that series if they were healthy. And that's going to be the thing. It's like it, I love to watch the Clippers and Paul George in the playoffs. So I I want to see what the hell they can do. If they can get past the first round, maybe they have a chance. But this Dallas team and I hate I know we hate Doncic, but he is going to be difficult to beat. And honestly, if he's healthy and Porzingis is a little healthy and can help they might take this one. So I'm going to be watching that one closely. That one's probably going to go seven. Okay, Brandon, what do you think? Man, you know, just like Matt said, there's so many great matchups here. But for some reason, New York and Atlanta really intrigues yeah. me. I mean, we, we've seen, you know, basketball is just better when the Knicks are good. But we saw what happened with the Hawks. They struggled early in the season due to coaching issues you know, COVID and injuries, and all of a sudden they're one of the best teams in the East. But, you know, Milwaukee and Miami could be really good. Uh, Denver and Portland, you know, I'm just – I'm super excited. But for some reason, the Knicks and the Hawks, that's the one that stands out to me. And then honorable mention, Philly and Washington. I'm sure Philly's going to smack the floor with them, but I love Russell Westbrook, and I'm glad the Wizards got into the playoffs. Oh, man. Uh, Matthew, is it proper to insult your guest? 
<laughs> yes. God <laughs> damn it, Suns Geek. That was mine. I am really looking forward to the Knicks <laughs> and the Atlanta Hawks because they're two conflicting styles of offense. You got one that's a slow them down, uh, best defensive team or second best defensive team in the league. And then you got Trey Young, stupid fucking hair, going up and down the court shooting midcourt threes. Like, I really want to see that game. And yeah. I, you know, I don't know why. I just it really intrigues me. Uh, I think the Western Conference. I just have so much disdain for the other teams that like I'm not interested. Although the Clippers and the uh, the Mavericks that you mentioned, Matthew, I do want to see that because if there was a healthy Porzingis last year, that could have been a different result. Um, but I think the key is it's fun to watch the playoffs this year with skin in the game. Is it not, gentlemen? Oh, it's fabulous. That's fabulous. It's nice to actually watch playoffs and we're in it, man. Like I always love the NBA playoffs, but it's different because you're sitting there and you actually look at a bracket and you're trying to figure out how does it uh, relate to your team if, if you can pull it off. So, uh, so Brandon, where are you watching game one? What's the game plan? What, what are you doing Sunday at 3.30 your time? Well, that's actually why I didn't drink tonight because Sunday I will definitely be having a few. Uh, probably going to be ordering some food and shameless plug here. I don't want to take anything away from you guys, but I will be going live after each and every single game, uh, doing my best to cover it all on Suns Geek. Uh, it's going to be an exciting. I won't be able to sleep Saturday night. I'm not even joking. I'm going to be so excited. Cannot wait. Let's go, Suns. Yeah, it's it's going to be uh it's going to be exciting, it's going to be nerve-wracking, you know, as you, as you mentioned, uh Brandon, you know, it's the 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 playoffs are just something different. Every possession, every mm-hmm. e- you know, everything comes down to every possession and it feels, you know, those games even though they're your standard, you know, two and a half hours or what have you, it feels like 5 hours. It feels like you've been through an emotional <laughs> ringer. And it's it's fun, you know. I mean, that's why that's why we love, you know, uh, uh, watching the playoffs and being a part of it is because we have skin in the game, you know. And it's just, you know, Matthew, how excited are you for uh, for what's upcoming? Oh man, I'm excited. And like, just like he told my mom, it's like Matthew hasn't been to a game and watched a bar in a bar in a playoff. The Suns in the playoffs are watching in a bar. And I'm like, thanks a lot, John, dude. Oh, come <laughs> on. You don't tell your mom. I, I, just, I just spent the I, I just spent the weekend in, with my mom in Laughlin. She was like pounding whiskey at like 7 in the morning. She's yeah, a fucking well, legend. Saying, it's going to be me on Sunday. <laughs> I'm not saying my mom doesn't secretly drink. Who knows, dude, to get through the day. She might, but it's going to be great. It's going to be a mosh pit in that place, a Chupacabra tap room. It's going to be everyone standing up on their feet. Basically, I, I can just see it now how it's going to go. So everyone, make sure you don't fart and don't ruin it for everybody. Just enjoy the game. It's going to be really fun. So if you are local in Phoenix, we we, we will be at the Chupacabra Tap Room in Mesa uh, doing live podcasts after the game with the Suns solar panel. So Espo, Saul, and Dave, who will be coming from uh, live from the arena. Uh, it'll be a good time. Come by. We've got stickers to give to people and such, you know, to all the loyal jamsters. That's awesome. Matthew, Matthew, we got to come up with like a code word. So if like a jamster comes up and they say yeah. it to us, we got to hook them up with a sticker. What should that code word be? Oh, uh, nasty. Nasty. There you nasty. go. You come, you show up at the, at the Chupacabra tab room. You go, Hey, what up? Nasty. You're stickered. <laughs> we got stickers okay, for you. you about? I'm going to totally forget. I will too. Aren't you those guys that go eight and watch? <laughs> <laughs> no, they're like, aren't you the guys who say big dick booker? Like I find that high, highly, Inappropriate. 
Well, so. turn it off, sir. This isn't yeah, the Howard Stern show. Come exactly. On. Exactly. So, well, on that note, I think it's time to wrap things up again. Thanks to Suns Geek for joining us. I want to get his point of view on on the playoffs. And you know, if all if uh, you know, in all honesty, we could sit here and talk for probably another two other hours just leading <laughs> up to this game. Like, I'm so stoked. There's so much to talk about. You know, we didn't even talk about like campaign and what the backup mm-hmm. match. Like, watching him versus Caruso is going to be fun. But I mean, it's just it goes on and on. Uh, but thank you. Suns Geek for hanging out with us. Can you tell everybody, uh, even though even all of our listeners already know, tell them again where to follow you, where to watch you, all that good stuff. Well, first off, thank you guys so much again for having me. I appreciate you guys. I got to get you back on my channel as soon as possible. Uh, but yeah, I mean, anywhere on social media, at Suns Geek or at Suns Geek on YouTube, uh, check out my YouTube channel. Uh, after you're done watching the Suns Jam Session podcast, come check out my videos and my post-game live streams hopefully i won't be too drunk and i'm gonna try to cover it all I on my son's are. geek chance oh, yeah. i hope you're faded <laughs> exactly yeah. i want to see you drunk sun's geek. i wanted to do that on my on birthday <laughs> but what man crawl on the floor towards the mic like <laughs> the i gotta go sad. viral somehow i gotta get the views <laughs> unless I, i'll make sure to do that but yeah just check me out you guys hulk smash the like button subscribe and once again thank you guys so much for having me on yeah thank you man for coming on of course, of course. And remember, you can follow our show at Suns Jam on Instagram, Twitter, and the Phoenix Fans app. Subscribe on YouTube and smash the like button while you're here. You can become an elite jamster by clicking the join button or following the link in the description below. Uh, feel free to donate to the show via the Super Chat because we can use it to get Matthew new headsets. Subscribe, rate, and review on the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network because that's where you can get all of your favorite podcast uh, Phoenix Suns stuff. I'm checking real quick to see if we have any new reviews that came through um, exciting television here. Let's see. I'll scroll down. It sucks. That we put, we put out so much content. We got to scroll all the way to the bottom. Uh, nope. No, no new reviews. So hey, you guys leave, have been leave doing us, a great job. Leave us a five star. Best. Leave a five star rating, leave a review. These guys are great. Subscribe. Keep we up the great work it. guys. We appreciate it. Follow Thank me you. at Darth Voida. Follow Matthew. At Matthew Blissey. And everybody take care. We'll see you Sunday afternoon after the Suns beat the Lakers. Matthew, tell people to go home and love their family. Go home and love your family. <laughs>